This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. We're going into the Word with Proverbs 1 7 in the King James Version. It reads, The fear of the Lord is the beginning or the principal part of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In the Message Bible, it, so- it sounds like this Start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. Now in Luke 12, verses 4 through 7, King James Version only. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you, whom ye shall fear, fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, in other words, three cents, and not one of them is forgotten uh, before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are more of more value than many sparrows. Father God, I pray you open up our minds and hearts by your spirit. Reveal truth as only you can. The spirit of truth. Reveal the truth from the word. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there is divine wisdom and power available for us to be a holy witness in the midst of our society that we live in, which, as we look at it as a whole, has not submitted, therefore, to God, right? So therefore, according to God's standards and definition, it is a sinful society. It has missed the mark about being in right relationship with God. But there is yet divine power available to us to be a holy witness in that society, which enables us as modern disciples of Christ to take him into our jobs, uh, into the marketplace, wherever we go, without reservation, without compromise or fear. There's power in heaven for that, but it needs to come down into the earth, into us. The Lord wants us to become one with him in how we deal with societal issues, how we live each day, how we live, move, and have our being every day. He wants to seek sanctification for our social behavior, our societal behavior, domestic behavior, ecclesiastical behavior everywhere. Amen. So that he may have our undivided attention in the process of our emerging wholeness in him wherever learning but we ought to come into the knowledge of the truth as we are led by the holy ghost that is see that is why he wants us to continuously realize that we should fear god not society I'm going to talk about that today fear god not society there is an appeal in heaven that we ought to walk in agreement with God, in the old, old language, fear God, and not 
the uh, compromised competition out there that walks in an adverse way against the revealed truth of God. God has sent forth his thoughts by his spirit so that we know the way to think and how we ought to be like him as far as our mind is controlled. We ought to have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. It should be the order of our day. God wants us to be transformed for that to happen, transformed by his presence in our lives. That's how you become a disciple of Christ, uh, a living, breathing brick that is helping to build his church. You are a lively stone, a stone that will be built by God so that his community of believers is without flaw. God can enable us to live that way, but we cannot conform to the fads of society. Sometimes being led by the Holy Spirit leads us to walk in the valley of the shadow of death, but we do not have to fear evil. Most times though, he leads us to green pastures and beside the still waters, comforting our souls. There once was this deacon named Stephen. Uh, his name means crown. Um, he was so obedient and full of the Holy Spirit that he was able to face a very hostile and deadly crowd, which on today's terms might be considered as his so-called fellow church members in a sense. Being religious does not always make us right with God. That's the point there. Can you dare to be right with God and risk losing popularity with men? They were so outraged with Stephen uh, that they bestowed on him, well, in heaven it's considered honor. They bestowed on him the honor of becoming the first Christian martyr. Dare you be like him, unashamed. And here's another one. Dare you be like, as Pastor Lisa spoke on, Esther, a woman of God who stood in the face of death and uttered one of the most faithful statements of all time in Esther 4.16, I will go to the king even though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Perhaps some of us will even dare by the Spirit to be like Daniel, who prayed publicly even though it was against the law, punishable by death even, Will we dare to do that? What about the apostles in the ancient day? The Holy Spirit filled them. These men became filled. My God, stood their ground on having true faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, even to the point of death. The religious community was often so angry with them that they were either threatened or hurt physically, whipped with many stripes, my God. Christian fear must be defined. It must maybe, I should say, be redefined. You know, every culture seems to be afraid of someone or afraid of something. The ancient Hebrews feared and hated the, the, the uh, Romans because of the ruthless might of their occupation there. Their troops were stationed there and uh, they feared them. Eventually those fears were realized as Rome viciously destroyed Jerusalem in AD 70. 
What about in our day? You know, there's a constant cold war of fear due to the ongoing possibility of destruction and fatalities caused by terrorists and intercontinental nuclear missile attacks from competitively hostile nations, as well as biological and chemical warfare, there is yet a growing alarm and outrage over drug and gang-related violence in cities, suburbs, and even in rural communities. Let's consider Luke 12, 4 through 7 again. We see that Jesus redefines fear by rearranging our view. So we look at things from God's perspective. He draws upon the Old Testament concept of the fear of the Lord from Proverbs 1, 7. Um, this is not a cowering, cringing terror that keeps us wallowing in anxiety, uh, but it, it is a respect, a high respect, the highest respect for who God is, not just for God, but for who he is, the one who holds ultimate power. When we have a balanced view of God, it puts our thinking in a proper framework. We will begin to view everybody and everything in relation to God's holiness, righteousness, and his love, all of them. We can't ignore physical threats and violence, of course, but we dare uh, uh, not ignore the one who has ultimate power over our eternal destiny. It should not surprise you that anyone who is not subject to the Holy Spirit will be in opposition against anyone who is, according to Proverbs 1, 17 through 32, because of the angry religious group called the Sadducees, uh, they could not tolerate um, evidences of the Lord's resurrection power. So what did they do? They arrested the apostles and told them to keep quiet. And the apostles responded, we ought to obey God rather than men in Acts 5.29. Uh, that should be our only opposition. That, uh, that is the only position that we ought to hold when uh, we have the word of God on our side, that is. Be sure it is holy conviction, though, and not just some kind of intellectual opinion. You need to be moved by holy faith and not just a gut feeling. And when you fear or respect the Lord in a prioritized way, guess what? society will respect you they may not like you <laughs> but they cannot help but to respect you that has been my ongoing testimony i've had uh, some supervisors tell me that they could not uh, commit to the word of god as i had stated to them they said they respect me and what i am able to do but they did not like being subject to the word of God. <laughs> they wanted to have freedom to do whatever. But that freedom, I told them, was really incarceration. It is a pseudo freedom and you are bound and you need to be freed by God's power so that you're free to worship him the way you ought to. You were born the way you are, but God wants to break you free of that imprisonment. But so many did not want to adhere to that principle. So, but you have to stand your ground. You cannot be sucked in into that vortex of apostasy and unbelief because it seems to be more popular and there's more people there 
and you seem to be in lonely obscurity on that narrow way, my God. But we have to adhere to God. Why? Because there's an inherent eternal blessing in fearing, in other words, respecting the Lord, respecting the Lord the way you ought to. You know, the title of this message is not teaching that you should ignorantly and foolishly disrespect the laws of the government, nor lead a mob of conceited, selfishly dysfunctional misfits who want to overthrow the government and storm uh, into governmental buildings and such. But in Matthew twenty-two twenty-one, Jesus said, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. This shows that he taught against such mindlessness. He will never advocate rebellion against governmental authority, nor will he ever promote bold insults at high officials. Jesus' mission was to prevail against evil with a spiritual campaign, not a political one. He prioritized the heavenly agenda while complying with the earthly agenda, yet without sin. That's why he is our savior. The epistles in the Bible further explain this dual citizenship we ought to have as a believer by exposing the spirit of false teachers. Look with me, if you will, at 2 Peter 2, starting at verse 4. I'm in the New King James Version where it says, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example uh, to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that, for that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord uh, knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries." End quote on Second Peter. Authentic Christians will uh, never have an underhanded evil motive masked as righteousness. And hypocrites will never get away with such activity. God will not be mocked. In the inspired words of the ancient farming society of the Bible, we will eventually, you know, reap whatever we sow. Governments don't have to be overthrown, nor do hypocrites have to be chased down, but God will have the last say. He will separate the authentic from the fake, the wheat from the tare, the sheep from the goats. And since God's presence is inescapable, invincible, and perfect in divine wisdom that surpasses our earthly understanding, we should certainly heed to the warning of Galatians 6, because at the church, uh, the church at Galatia had some issues of falling away. 
Galatians 6, 7 in the NLT. Um, we will read about not being misled. Um, that's what that verse is about. And we should remember that no one can ignore God and get away with it. We will always reap what we sow. Why? The spirit of the fear of the Lord is the third person of the Godhead who shares an eternal existence with the Son and the Father and has a well-documented presence throughout every genre of the Bible. He inspired the writing of the Bible, which is the authoritative word of the Father, God the Father. God has shown us that he is our heavenly father and he gives us heavenly parental authority uh, as revealed in his word, which shows us that he works authoritatively rather than as an authoritarian. He sticks to his decisions of enforcement and lovingly gives chastisement, but surrounds his children with an individually based peaceful learning relationship relative to the quality of their responses. There's research out there on this published by the American uh, Sociological Review. It asserts that, quote, an authoritarian parenting style characterized by harsh or dysfunctionally strict discipline, minimal expressions of affection, and low levels of responsiveness to children has been linked to negative child and adolescent outcomes. By contrast, an authoritative parenting style characterized by consistent and firm discipline and high levels of warmth and parental responsiveness has been linked to positive outcomes among children and adolescents, end quote. Nevertheless, because the true living God is holy and righteous beyond our scope of reason, we ought to marvel not. We will all reap what we sow as recorded in the Holy Scriptures. My God, that's about all the time we have today. But we have reached the end of part one, and we'll give you more next time. And take a walk through the Bible, because it is our library of grace, and we will walk through like I am a curator going through the museum and the living institution of God's word. Amen. Amen. Let's remember to give God the greatest respect of all things. Nehemiah helps us to pray. Oh Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name. David helped us pray in the Psalms. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. And we pray today, oh God, please be our voice as we testify to the world on your behalf. Be the power that works in us to bring glory to your name. For you are the most high God. May this world be positively affected as your light shines through us. We ask these things in the holy, almighty name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God. Let's fear God, not society. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church 
Pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you. Thank you.